Hello, everyone, and welcome to Education in Focus, powered by Chalkboard News. I'm Dan McCaleb, Vice President of News and Content at the Franklin News Foundation, publisher of ChalkboardNews.com. Chalkboard is a news website dedicated to issues related to K-12 education. Joining me again today is Brendan Clary, Chalkboard's K-12 editor. How are you, Brendan? I'm doing well, Dan. How about yourself? I am doing well, thank you. We are recording this on Monday, August 21st. Brendan, we report a lot about school choice initiatives across the country. In particular, red states have been taking the lead in passing universal school choice programs where parents can use their tax dollars that go to schools and use them on a school of their choice, whether it be private, homeschooling, whatever. Florida, Arkansas, Indiana, Iowa, Utah, Arizona, they come to mind to name just a few. But Brendan, in deep red Texas, the Republican-led legislature is struggling to pass significant school choice legislation. Why is that? Yeah, I think it's it's really a battle around uh, rural Republicans who've sided with Democrats, right? And I think that the concern is that in some of these smaller districts, you know, if you take funding away from the schools and that's one of the larger employers, perhaps, or, you know, the only uh, school in that part of the state, then, you know, you're going to see worse education outcomes. And I think that that's the worry and that, that some Republicans have said, you know, we're, we're opposed to this because... We're not seeing any alternatives. So that's my understanding is that there there were some Republicans who sided with Democrats uh, against that and that the House Speaker, uh, Dade Phelan, he said that he was not going to back that. And so that led to some special sessions called by Governor Greg Abbott and, you know, some conflict essentially within the Republican Party in Texas about how to proceed. So that's sort of the crux of it from what I understand is that, you know, there's a concern that if we fund with public dollars, these private schools, then you're kind of dipping into the funds that are available for some of these rural schools. Now, that's just, that's essentially the argument across the country against school choice programs. The issue becomes, though, whether it be rural schools or urban schools or whatever, when the local public school is failing to educate students, shouldn't parents have an option? That's the argument for school choice programs. If the local public school, traditional public school, is not getting it done, what are parents' options if there is not school choice initiatives in these states? Yeah, I, that that's the tough part. I mean, you can go to a uh, public charter school. It's not the same as regular traditional public school, but they're usually publicly funded, so you can maybe access that. I mean, part of this comes down to if you live in a rural Texas district and you don't have uh, access to you know, an education savings account or a different programs for school choice, then you, you've got to go to the public school that's there or your parents are paying for out of pocket, you know, virtual tuition uh, or you know, homeschooling, that kind of thing. Tuition to a virtual school, I should say, instead of virtual tuition. So I think that that's but particularly particularly in in rural areas, but not, not urban areas too across the state. I mean, lower income families don't make the money, essentially don't have the income to send their students on their dime. To private schools. Right. And that's, that's, you know, some of the advocates for school choice, they talk about it in terms of, you know, how can we help those who might not otherwise have access to some of these schools that have good outcomes to, to be able to go to those schools. And I, I should clarify, too, for some of our listeners who maybe don't know, there are different kinds of school choice. And so that's something that, you know, advocates will talk with me about in terms of, you know, there's public school choice, which is you can go to any public school 
in your state or your area. And so that would be open. So, you know, if there's a better, you know, maybe a magnet public school that is focused on one thing or has better outcomes, then you would be able to go to that, you know, like say in the Detroit area, if you wanted to go to a specific kind of, you know, magnet school and, and they focus on technical learning, you know, and then and so then it's like, well, that should should that be open to all students? And so that's one debate to have. And then there's also a different sort of school choice in which students can have an education savings account, which is, you know, maybe it's even not publicly funded. It's a donation kind of thing where if somebody donates to that, they get tax credits. And so they can write that off of their income. And then there's sort of incentive, there's an incentive there to do that. But it's sort of a free will, private citizens giving this money to private citizens. And that doesn't come from the state coffers. And then there's also what some states have done. You know, we talked about Florida. And there's a number of states that have universal school choice. And that's what kind of what advocates use to describe an environment in which students can take public money and go to a private institution, go to homeschool, or they can attend a public school. Basically, the money then follows the student. And that's, you know, what advocates like of school choice see as sort of the golden standard or what they're they're shooting for. With that, too, I think that there's also concern about how many students can participate in a program. So some states, they'll have like an education savings account program, but it's limited and it's maybe state funded, but it's limited to 15,000 students. And you have to have certain eligibility requirements. So you're under 300% of the federal poverty line. So those kinds of qualifications, and I think school choice advocates are saying, you know, the fewer qualifications we have, the more competition we have, and that's sort of their argument there. And then on the other side, you know, we have opponents of education savings accounts and these sorts of things, you know, saying like they're funding private schools at the expense of public schools. And, you know, how is that fair to the teachers who are not making enough as it is? And how are we going to get that back? And they also sometimes cite lack of accountability. How do we know that charter schools are going to get the same results? Or, you know, are they going to have to do the same test scores and the same, you know, basically the same audits that public schools have to do, you know, the same accountability, the state authorities and the public. So that, you know, that's what uh, came up in this uh, school choice, the House Select Committee on Educational Opportunity, which is kind of the compromise that Speaker Phelan created in Texas, sort of, he kind of, it was more of like a listening session, I think, of let's hear from the public about what Texans want in Texas. And I think that that sort of, you know, plays out across the country, those sort of concerns and those sort of arguments for and against school choice. In In the limited time we have left, Brendan, Texas's legislature convenes every other year in regular session. They are, they are not, they don't convene every single year and they were in session, regular session this year. So they're not scheduled to meet again in regular session in 2025. However, Governor Greg Abbott has said he may or might even be, is might even be likely to call legislators back this year in special session specifically to address School choice, do you see that happening? If so, with rural Republicans opposed previously, what are the chances anything gets done? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely likely. And what I've seen, Governor Abbott is very focused on this and it's one of his big uh, agenda items. This is something that he really wants to get done. I don't know if it has a chance in terms of the Republicans who are backing because those concerns are still going to be there. But, you know, we have seen some big pushes towards school choice recently. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was maybe some headway, but I think it's going to be a strong, strong uphill battle. Brendan, that's all the time we have. Listeners can keep up with this story and all stories related to K-12 education at chalkboardnews.com. For Brendan Clary, I'm Dan McCaleb. Please subscribe. Thank you for listening.